Oh man, it's already been a good morning, hasn't it? All right, now, so every year, millions of people, I don't know if it's just an American thing, but millions of Americans go through almost a rite of passage. Every, you know, December coming up to January, millions of people make New Year's resolutions, right? And think about, if you're one of those that makes New Year's resolutions, think about this past December, right? You might've put, um, you wanna eat healthier, you want to get outside more. You want to get to the gym more regularly. And let's say you started going to the gym. You went to the gym every day through January, February, and halfway into March. This is the first year you didn't leave the gym. The gym left you, right? But New Year's resolutions, all they do is they show our inner longing for change, for long-lasting change. And so this morning, as we continue in our series, Hands on Deck, Hearts on Fire, we have been walking through our values as a church. And our hope is that taking some extended time and focusing on these values, these values that our pastoral staff and our deacon board worked on and voted into our South Shore's values, we hope that they become all of our values. And so we, we have looked at we, how we are anchored in God's word. We are known by love. And then Pastor Ron brought to us last week that we are rescued to reach. So now today's value is one of great power, one that really is the one value that enables all the other four values. This value is that we are partnered in prayer. Partnered in prayer. We are partnered together partnered with one another, praying for each other, but we, most importantly, we are partnered in prayer with God because we believe in the power of prayer. Now, just a few things before we get into it. Dr. Craig Hazen, who came and spoke at our men's retreat last year, uh, he had just written a book on prayer and he was coming to come speak on prayer. And the first thing he does, he gets up there and he goes, you know what? One of my least favorite things to talk about publicly is prayer. Because in a sermon, really, all I can say is just do it. But you know what? That's what we're going to do for the rest of the time. Everyone get in groups of two or three, social distance, we're just going to pray the rest of the sermon. Not really. But see, because prayer, it's, it is difficult to talk about front because you know what? There is kind of, sometimes there's some guilt and shame attached to it because some of us aren't very good in praying. And as I've been looking at it and, and studying it, really, I think many people fall into two camps on prayer, at least in terms of Christians. One, you have the people who, when they think about prayer, man, they can't think about a day going by without them getting in and having this really emotional connection with God. It's like they got that red phone with the direct line and all their prayers. It's like God physically, he just appears every day. And then you have the rest of us where prayer is hard work. It's something that we have to be intentional about, something that, that we want that experience of, of feeling like God is right there, but that's not always how it happens to us. I mean, I would say I fall into the second camp, and I, I love prayer, but again, it's, I have to be intentional to put it into my calendar. And many of you can say, well, you work at a church. Prayer should be easy for you. But you know how easy it is to get 
just so carry, carried up and, and busy um, completing all the tasks that we have to do, right? All, many of you have experienced this. And so we have these two, thi- two different groups on prayer. And so we're going to be looking at it today and say, you know what? In our approach to prayer, how do we pray in a way that changes us? Just like that longing for New Year's resolutions. How do we partner with prayer in God that it truly changes us? Because it is the one thing that really can give long and lasting good change. And so why do we pray? Why do we pray? The first reason why I think we pray is to use our superpower, of course, is to use our superpower. So stay with me here for a second. We all have, as, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we all have this superpower. And this superpower was given to us by the authority of all heaven and earth. Because for all of you who call Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he gave us this superpower. We see it in John 14. Verse 26, where Jesus is is speaking, he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your remembrance all that I have said to you. So we have been given the Holy Spirit. That is the mark of the believer, as Paul says in Ephesians, that all believers have the mark or the seal of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them. That means wherever you go, not just when you're at church, not when you're just at home, wherever you are, you bring God with you. Wow. So we all have this superpower of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to think with me really quick. I want you to think about your favorite crime-fighting superhero. Now, for some of you, that might be Superman, that might be Batman, that might be Spider-Man, if, you know, if you're more of the classic superheroes, right? That might be one of the Marvel comics like Iron Man, Captain America, or even Thor, all right? So think of your favorite superhero crime or crime-fighting superhero. What if your favorite superhero, with all the power, all the power that they have that's accessible to them, what if they just decided not to use it? What if they just sat on the power that they had within their, within their ability and they just never used it? What if Clark Kent never turned into Superman and he just stayed Clark Kent? What if Spider-Man never used his spidey sense? What if Batman, every time he saw the bat signal in the sky, right? What if he just ignored it? What if he just, oh, I'm gonna stay in my mansion and have some tea tonight instead? Right? First, that would make a really boring movie. Second, what a waste. What a waste. And so we have been given this superpower in the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of all in all of us. And so the primary way that we engage with the Holy Spirit is through prayer. We engage with the Holy Spirit through prayer. We see in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11, where it says, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit 
interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And so again, we, we have the very spirit of God knowing God's spirit, not for safety or protection, but for instruction, for growth, and for power. And what a power that we have. So prayer taps again into this power of the Holy Spirit. And so we are to walk by the Spirit. And how are we supposed to walk by the Spirit if we hardly engage with the Spirit? The quick answer, you can't. But when we engage with the Spirit, our superpower, our prayers, they are going to change. Our very prayers are going to expand and change. I mean, I... I look at our bulletins. Remember those old things that we used to pass out at the start of church, right? Way back in the day. Uh, I remember our bulletins. We always had a, one side of the page that would be covered with many of your prayer requests. And every week I would scan those and, and look and say, hey, what, what are we praying about this week? And not that praying for health issues is wrong, but every week it would just kind of get to me that 99% of the prayer requests that we put in the bulletin had to do with health issues. And here's why, because those are great prayers and we should be praying for health issues. But when you, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to lead many mission trips with our church and we go to, we've been to Costa Rica and, and to the Philippines and, and other places around the globe. And when you meet non-believers and you just ask them, hey, could I pray with you at the end of a conversation? Guess what 100% of their prayer requests are? They all have to do with health, either for them or for a family member. And when you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, shouldn't our prayer requests expand? Shouldn't they grow to the size of our God? I think many times our God look, hears our prayer requests and go, that's it? That's all you're asking me to do? That's all you want of me? You have the power of God, my very spirit I've put inside of you. And that's all you ask for? And so as we engage with the spirit, this superpower that we have been given, our prayers can't help but grow. So as we engage with the Holy Spirit, our prayers will grow. I mean, even Jesus, when, when we read through the gospels, he dedicated great amount of time to prayer, right? And yes, he was healing other people and he was doing all these different things, but he always found time to engage with the Spirit, to tap into its power. And as you tap into the power of the Holy Spirit and your prayers start to grow, the fruits of the Spirit are just going to pop up in your life. It's going to be, it's gonna, and then, right? It's going to come all, or you're not going to be able to help. You're going you're gonna to have every one of them start coming out of, of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I imagine as a church, as, as we all tap into the Holy Spirit collectively together, partnering in prayer, what our church would look like, our prayers then would begin to change as well as we use the superpower we are given through the Holy Spirit. Second, why we pray. Second reason. So first is to tap into that superpower. The second is to trek with God. You know, trek with God. The trek isn't a word we use very much, but if I just said to walk with God, that just sounds like a nice stroll down your street at your house, doesn't it? Is life like that? 
I mean, when we think of year 2020, has it just been a nice stroll down the sidewalk? No, it, it hasn't. Life is, is this trek. It's this arduous journey of ups and downs where you feel the weight of the world sometimes on your shoulders, where you're tired, where you're just looking for a drop or a drink of water when you want to just sit down. And yet we have a God who invites us to trek right alongside of him. And so we have, as Christians, we have committed to walk alongside of God, hiking with him. And we just witnessed Yuko and Shannon dedicate the rest of their lives to hiking with God, to walking right alongside. I mean, this, that was an amazing moment, wasn't it? I wish we had baptisms every, we have another one next week. I can't wait. And so as Christians, that's exactly what we've dedicated to our lives of, of trekking right alongside of God. But it is kind of awkward when you hike with someone, but you never speak to them. In 2016, my wife and I, we went on an amazing trip. We went down to Peru and hiked the Inca Trail into Machu Picchu. It was a four-day hike. And so we, we get down to Lima and then over to Cusco, Peru, and and it's up at about 8,000 feet elevation, and you have to be there a few days to get acclimated, all this stuff. But then they put you in a group of 15 people. And so it's just a random group. And so in the morning of, it's, it's not even light outside. It's, it's about 4.30 in the morning, and we're starting this hike. And even at that early in the morning, guess what? All these people that had never met each other start talking. And these people were from all over the world. They were from San Francisco and Charlotte and, and New York and Spain and Australia and India. And through the next four days, Camden and I got to know all other 15 people intimately well. We knew their likes. We knew their dislikes. We knew when, how they got tired, how long they were able to go, what they liked to eat. We, we, and once you get past all even those surfacey things, as you're hiking along, you start getting down to the real depths of who people are. I've had more people over those four days ask me who I believe Jesus to be than I had had in the prior several years combined. Again, it was 2016, so everyone wanted to know what I thought of Donald Trump, which things haven't changed all that much. But as you're hiking along someone, the conversation naturally flows. You, you continue to engage with them. And as we are trekking alongside God, God is inviting us to do the very same thing, to, to tell him our, our likes, our dislikes, how we're feeling, how, how we're, what we're longing for, what we want to change. I mean, he wants more than just those 10 seconds right before you take up a meal. He wants this to be a constant dialogue. Remember, we're supposed to pray without ceasing, and that what is what prayer is meant to be, just this ongoing conversation. And that is what God invites us to. We see that, we know that, because of the book of Psalms in the Bible. We just got through a series of Psalms, going through the different types. If you read it, it is inviting us. It is speaking for us, our unprocessed emotions to God. Sometimes when you're flipping through the Psalms and you read them, you go, really, did he, did the psalmist really just say that to God? And that is exactly what God wants. He wants to be a part of that process with us. I mean, look how God invites us to have this conversation with him in, in Philippians 4, verse 5, where it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So again, we have a God, the God, the creator of the universe, who is inviting all of us to share our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings, and giving it to him, laying it at his feet as we walk along and trekking through this life with him. I mean, when we have a God who not only wants to know our deepest thoughts, and yet, even though he knows you, he listens to you and he knows you, and he still wants you, what greater security is there than that? We have a God who he still wants you, even though he knows everything. And as we have been sharing our thoughts with him, we're going to start learning the inner heart and thoughts of God. I mean, Pastor Ron last week, he pointed to Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, where he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And so while we are trekking along with God, walking alongside, sharing our thoughts with him and, and learning his thoughts, we're going to start to lean on his understanding, not on our understanding. I mean, this is kind of like uh, this last week, I, we have a brand new one-year-old, baby Emery Evangeline, and she loves to get into all the cabinets. And so she loves, especially the one underneath the sink, which that's where we keep everything dangerous, right? All the cleaning supplies and she loves it, okay? So this last week, she got into that cabinet right under the kitchen sink, and she got one of the um, dishwasher detergent pods. And right as she's about to stick it in her mouth, like, oh, no, 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 and I take it right from her fingers. Her understanding was what? This is going to be delicious. My understanding? That's going to get you in the hospital, Right? And we have that same relationship with God. We, we, what we want, what we think is right, what, the ways that we want to go are not the ways of God. He has greater understanding and thought than we have, and he is going to make our paths straight. And so we lean on his understanding, his foresight, and his knowledge. And so when we live a life of prayer, trekking alongside our God, our loves will change. We won't just know the things of God. We will feel secure, dependent on him and his love and that love will change us. I mean, this is like when, uh, again, when I, I love to go hiking and, and trekking and I think that love was instilled in me by my dad because at four years old, he thought it was a great idea to take me up to the top of Half Dome. So I, don't, so I don't know how many people of you here or even at home have been to Half Dome in Yosemite, but it is a, it's a very difficult hike and you get just to the saddle of the rock and the last little bit, you are going up a rock that feels vertical, that has cables on both sides and two by fours every six feet. And I'm four years old. And so the way we do it is I am hanging on to his neck for dear life, piggybacking. And as we're going up, not, you're not just going up, but then you got to get over to the side to let other people come down. And in that moment, when I'm hanging on to my dad for dear life, right, 
I feel what? I feel known, I feel secure, and I feel loved. And in that, instills a love of what? Of hiking. And the very same thing is gonna happen with God. As we, as we feel known, we feel secure, we are gonna feel loved, and our loves are going to change. Third, and lastly, is we pray to point to Jesus, to give him glory. Now, this is probably the most important of the three, but the other two point to Jesus. is because the other two, when you're trekking with God or, or you're using your superpower, you are pointing to Jesus because your life will bring God glory. As it says in Philippians 1, verse 27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. What does it mean to have your life be worthy of the gospel of Christ? What does that mean? How, how do you live a life that's worthy of the greatest news ever told? Well, as you're thinking about that, I also want you to think about if you were given the opportunity to write the one statement that's going to be on your tombstone after you die, what would it say? Right? This is a summary of your life. It, it might be, you know, uh, John Doe, lover of beauty, right? Good, good father, right? Maybe hardworking mother. You know, the list can go on and on. There can be a million different things that if you had a one statement you got to write for your own tombstone, but you know what? You are writing it. You're writing it with your life. And if I had to say, you know what? This is what I want my friends and family to put on my tombstone after I pass. I would want it to say, Micah Guy, follower of Christ Jesus. I would want my life to point to Jesus so much that everyone who knows me would say, you know what? The one thing that sums up his life is that his life pointed to Jesus. And when your life points to Jesus in that way, that means you are living a life worthy of the gospel. So prayer points out that our faith in God, the very fact that we would even go to him is an act of faith, that we want our life to be pointing to him. Because everything that I am, everything that I do, everything that I own needs or has, all, has previously pointed to me. And so how do I switch that and point it over to God? Because God is the only one that can change where my orientation is. And so, because everything I do, it does not have eternal value. God is the only one that can bring change through his son, giving eternal value. Because prayer shows the difference between what I can do and what God can do. Prayer shows the very difference between what I can do and I can do. So when, I, when my life points to Christ, my life will change. My very life will change. When it's about Jesus, my life will change. When it's not about me, when it's about Christ, my life, my decisions, everything about my life will change. So how I view the world, how I view my time, how I view my wants, how I view my desires, how my, my very desires for my children and who they become will change. And it, it, it will change drastically. I mean, I am sure that it is through prayer that, that Brian Kleinsasser said, you know what? We need to go join with YWAM to tell others about Jesus. 
and their lives drastically changed, right? All of our lives, when we give it over and we say, you know, it is going to point to Jesus will change. And so here and now, it will change how we respond to COVID. Primarily that we are going to cover it in prayer before we do anything. It's going to change how we respond to social injustice. Primarily that we are going to cover it in prayer before we do or say anything. I mean, this message could not be more needed today than ever for Christians, that in everything that we do, if we want to point to Jesus, we need to cover it in prayer before we do anything. So before we do anything, it needs to lead, we need to begin on our knees and pray so that our lives change. So just because we're praying doesn't mean that it excuses us from effort from other things, other, other areas of life. Spurgeon had this quote where he, he talked about that prayer and means go together. Prayer and means go together because means without prayer is presumption, meaning that you're just going off and acting without praying. But if you're all just about prayer and no means, that's hypocrisy. And so prayer and means, they, they go to, together. And, and as a Christian in this life, we live in this tension. And this, in this sermon series, we have a symbol for each of our values. And the symbol for partnering in prayer is the wheel of a ship. The wheel of a ship. Because, you know, from the outside world, from the, from the worldly material perspective, when you are driving a ship, it looks like you are the only one leading the way. And as Christians, it looks like, you know, I am the only one making the decisions, deciding what I'll say, deciding what I'll do. But you know what? Behind me, the one that is really making the choices, one that's really directing the way isn't me, but is, is God. It is, it is that superpower, the Holy Spirit. It's the one that we're trekking with. It's, it's the one who died for us. It's kind of like, uh, back in the day, I have a, a brother who's 11 years younger than I am. And so in a moment of trying to be the cool older brother, when he was about six or seven years old, I was like, hey, you want to drive home? So right as we got into our neighborhood, he came over and he jumped on my lap and he grabbed a hold of the steering wheel. And, and as we started heading down towards our parents' house, he was, he was driving. I let go of the steering wheel. I, again, was doing the accelerator and the brakes, right, of course. But, you know, he's doing the, the steering wheel. And uh, while we're driving, of course, he's like, huh, this is cool. This is kind of like when your sister Arya did this. Um, anyway, so we get home. We get all the way to the house. And, I, you know, don't tell mom, right? What's the first thing he does? He goes inside. Hey, mom, I got to drive the car. Well, he did get to drive the car, right? But did he really drive the car? He might have had his hands on the steering wheel, but I was telling him where to go. I, I had my foot on the brake. I had my foot on the gas. And God does the very same thing. He allows us to hold the steering wheel in our life, but at the same time, we are partnering with him all the way. And so when we pray, when we engage our superpower, when we are trekking with God, in life, and as our life points to God, great change is going to happen in our lives and around us. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the ability to come before you in prayer. Lord, I pray that 
we as a body, South Shores, will be marked and known by the Holy Spirit, that we will engage you more than ever, that we will be people who get on our knees before we do anything else in this life. Help us to be better prayer warriors, people of great faith acting out um, in the ways that you direct us. And so, Lord, we praise you this morning in Jesus' name.